at the beginning of the day when does the day begin it's not really a fixed time it's the time or the growing recognition of this is the dawning of responsibility when you're asleep you don't have to take responsibility you kind of like that just let it be (laughs) but that's not going to get us very far this is about waking up (laughs) oh dear And taking responsibility. Probably the first thing we need to recognize, we need a bit of support in this this process to make sure we get on the right track and at a reasonable pace. (laughs) So often people rush into the day with duties and there's no preparation. (laughs) It's like you, you know, jump into the driver's seat without checking out whether you've got gas in the tank, whether the brakes work, whether the steering wheel works just jump in and charge down the road Uh, so actually you know this is the most important vehicle, this human vehicle, because here we've got the chance human vehicle is the vehicle for the greatest good fortune and the most miserable (laughs) for the most miserable uh, conditions and also the possibility of the liberation is a very powerful vehicle you can see how powerful we are considering we've taken over an entire planet we've got quite feeble bodies compared with other animals but we've taken over the entire planet you know, not, not necessarily in a very good way so really think power, potential power to get and guide, so we place our beginning, we place our seed of responsibility, our seed of karma into this triple gem as the most suitable ground you know, you spend 15 minutes better than nothing spend half an hour even better, spend an hour even better and you get it really bedded in and, and set up and you know make sure you've got protection from the rabbits <laughs> so that sense of training and then considering we have to take part in this you can't just expect a statue and some candles to do it for you <laughs> no, but they, they, they give you something to focus on What's it about? Well, it's about the Buddha image is serene, upright, gentle, light smile, no pressure, no force, no commanding, no punishing, <laughs> just no rushing around, just steady there. The human being. You know, so the, the Buddha image represents the, you know, the awakened human being. Look at that, that's what it's like. And then recognize the, the candles, light of wisdom, so soft, gentle light that suffuses everything. It's not a sharp glare, like a laser beam. And it's gentle, 
Because it's gentle, you have to look carefully. It's not floodlight. Look carefully. It means your senses have to go quiet to really... This isn't just, you know, immediately visible through the eyes, but a sense of quietening the sense faculties. So, then, it's a chance for the heart to come through. Because often the sense faculties block or cloud the intelligence and the sensitivity of the chitta, the heart. And then we consider like the flowers, morality is not a jail cell and a legal code. (laughs) It's actually something that's got a lovely possibility of fragrance. They say the virtue of a wise person is like a fragrance. It's not a commandment, punishment, but something where affects everything, picks up the sense of non-violence, honesty. And, it, you know, and this encourages other, other qualities to grow. The incense represents the focusing of meditation. So again, this is a soft quality. It's suffusive. The smoke, it's, it's not clouds of smoke, it's a gentle, and it's a subtle fragrance to it. So meditation is quite steady, but it's got a gentle, suffusive quality to it. Now these are just images, but they give putting it because they they not the brain can't always get this, but you're putting it into the heart. You get a sense of encourages the heart to come forth because it's not being thrust down your throat or rammed into your ears. So you've got to listen up. And that means attention, doesn't it? It's not attention through the eyes or through the thinking mind, it's attention through the heart. Letting yourself be touched by the possibility of, of loving-kindness, of truthfulness, of someone you can rely upon, of, of, of uh, you know, the possibility for beautiful actions. Yeah. So this is then the, the nourishing of that seed that we planted, protecting it from unskillful rushing out and then nourishing it, that seed in the heart. And so things are going to grow. Yeah. And if you're a careful gardener, you know you've got to keep looking after it and keep nourishing it and it's going to grow. And you can't say, give me some fruit on day one. <laughs> Feel a sense of something growing in the heart. Yeah, so when we uh, uh, chant, recollect, you bring that chanting energy up, there's part of it, that's part of it. You're not bellowing it or screaming it, You're not using drums, electric guitars to belt it out as loud as possible. It's just a human, human voice using its own body. Yeah. You don't need all these gadgets, just using his own body and the throat and the vocal cords. The tissues sing. Yeah. The breath and the tissues resonate and sing. Yeah. Yeah. When you hear the human voice, when it's uh, kindly and clear 
and not forceful and not bitter. There's a sweetness to it. Doesn't matter what the language is, doesn't matter what the accent is. You hear the sweetness to it. It's not a sweetness of sound, but a sweetness of resonance. You get a sense of, oh, that's goodwill, that's gratitude, that's kindness. Oh, yeah? You can hear it in the voice. Yeah. Because these are the heart is underneath the sense consciousness and it picks up these messages when you listen carefully so then we use these terms and phrases that carry these resonances, these meanings and we're deliberately engaging with it turning the heart towards that triple gem And with, with, as I said, with chanting is a rising energy because it does affect the body. And if you're listening to it as a group, you get that sense of the group energy rising. You know, and that's this is called aspiration. Aspiration is this gentle, steady rising of the heart. May there be. May there be. It's a kind of form of desire. But it's a desire that's got, as I say, this suffusive quality. Now we have another kind of desire, craving, which it doesn't, it's got like a fire. It just seizes things, rushes out and seizes something, gobbles it up, and gets, gets heated up. You can feel the energy of craving. The image, the word craving suddenly lights up, you get the fire, and then the rush. You know? that's, that's craving, the wish to consume, take in. Certainly got some energy in it, so people enjoy it. But it's a really like a very fiery, fast food that burns out. And then we have another hit. Aspirations are steady glowing. Not a fast fire, it's a steady glowing. It doesn't burn anything up. It begins to illuminate, illuminate the heart. It comes from the heart, illuminates the heart. Yeah. May there be, may there be peace. I'm not saying, give me some peace. <laughs> Don't bother me, give me some peace. <laughs> saying, may there be peace. May there be kindness. May there be truthfulness. May other beings awaken. May I not harm others. May in some way my life be something that touches others in a benevolent way. Rather than gives them pain and makes them frightened or jealous. We cultivate. This is the deva energy. Now you, when you feel that, that energy of aspiration eh, and you linger in it, as I say, it's got this suffusive quality. This is, called the, this is called the fine material form, rupa. So it's, it's like a, like a, almost like a substance, but it's not, it's not really a coarse substance like physical material. But it's definitely something you can sense as a presence. 
particularly if you build it up, it becomes a presence that you can feel in your heart. Your heart feels rich and full, doesn't it? Yeah, so when you get a sense of gratitude, for example, your heart feels rich and full. We're not looking into the flesh organ, but the chitta feels rich and full. That means some kind of substance is in there. Now, it's not a coarse substance, it's a fine, it's an energy. Heart is bright. It's not depleted or sunken or raging or bitter. It's got these negative forces. This is called the deva. Nowadays, people, when when we become saturated with science view, we kind of dismiss the devas because they don't have any measuring sticks to measure devas with, so they don't measure and they don't exist. <laughs> this is the arrogance of science. <laughs> but actually, you can feel it. Ah, <laughs> oh, you just it's just a feeling. It doesn't matter. Well, it does matter a lot because that's what's going to lead my life <laughs> more than just some mathematical fact. My heart's being led by where it feels full and rich, isn't it? Of course it is. So this this Deva energy then fills the heart and it leads us towards Deva energy does not enjoy, does not relish bitterness, ill will, uh, jealousy, doesn't like that, distasteful. Harshness, anger, it doesn't like that, it likes virtue. It feels rich with virtue, enjoys that. Uh, non-harming enjoys that uh, gratitude and enjoys that forgiveness enjoys that so all these make the heart rich and full when we re- recognize that quality yeah. Yeah. compassion so now there's neuroscience they've got this thing called neuroscience latest attempt the science to get to know everything. So they start measuring people's, putting electrodes on people's bodies and figuring out brain waves. You know, they finally figured out, oh, look, we put a brain, this brain thing on sticky plasters and stick wires on people's heads. And they get these monks, go and meditate. So the monk meditates and bling, 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 bling. Or the brain waves change. Oh, look, proves it exists. <laughs> You need to have a machine to tell you whether you're calm or not. Because <laughs> you, don't, you don't trust your own feeling. <laughs> and they said, okay, let's see if we can measure compassion. So they got a lot of monks who practice compassion a lot, and they stuck all these, these wires on their heads. And they heard the monks, what what, what's going on here? And they said, we want to measure compassion. And the monks looked at each other and started laughing. Saying, what are you sticking it on my head for? You want to stick it? (laughs) 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 Because science thinks the only kind of intelligence is up in your brain. (laughs) You know, they don't believe in such a thing as a chitta or a heart. Yeah, so... (laughs) I'm sorry if my voice drops, but... uh, uh, it's getting old. <laughs> uh, yeah, so 
then they, they did find even even I stick these on the sticky electrodes on the brain on the, they did find you know when this they plumped some monkey in and said okay do some compassion he laughed a bit and he sat down and just started and this kind of brainwave thing just went completely berserk <laughs> the brainwave was just huge waves and oh they could you do x-rays of the brain brains flooded flooded with luminous energy yeah. that's just the brain you know so this 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 is the coming from the heart it's just directing this energy into the into the brain because he's deliberately then thinking in line with compassion of course the quality of compassion arises from the heart and you can direct it into thinking so then all your brain starts you know, flooding with these brain waves. And uh, of course, the you know, scientists recognize that the brain is kind of, which is like this kind of tofu up in your, up in your skull, they consider very highly. <laughs> yeah, it's really crazy science, isn't it? It's the worship of even tofu. <laughs> Because you can only believe in materiality. Say, so, well, actually, this stuff—if you keep—if you keep, you know, sending these things like kindness and compassion into the brain, the brain begins to grow in different ways. Like certain areas of the brain become big and luminous and rich. Yeah, and, you know, and these connections are made. So, but people who don't, certain parts of the brain just close down, or these connections die out. So, people who live with, you know, bitterness, hatred, corruption, part of the brain just start to shrivel and bits of it stop functioning. Yeah. So, they were quite pleased with that. <laughs> but, you know, when you're doing. Uh, practice, you don't have to look into the tofu in your head to figure out whether you're compassionate or not. <laughs> or know that it feels good or whether it has good effects. You know, when you look for that, you, know, you don't really look with your eyes, you look with your feeling sense, isn't it? Ability to feel. Yeah. This is called and two kinds of feelings, samisa, niramisa. Samisa, that which is conjoined with materiality. Niramisa, that which is not conjoined with materiality. So it originates from an immaterial or a fine material realm. Yeah? Or abiding, abiding of goodwill, abiding of virtue. And it's a deva loka. That we can experience that in this very life. And for sure, you know, those of you who are interested in where you're going when you die, well, book your ticket now. Because <laughs> 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 yeah. you can recognize, well, if you're going there in this life, that's where you're going to go when this body passes away, isn't it? <laughs> But often, you know, for most of it, it's a mixed thing. We have these, definitely have these David-like tendencies. 
But also we have kind of jealousy, bitterness, depression, regret, fear, worry. These kind of drag us down. And so really this enormously powerful Buddha practice is able to encompass the whole of the world. It's called the Lokavidu, the one who sees all the worlds, the hell, the animal realm, the instinctive drives, reflexes, memories, aspirations, craving, sees it all, scans it all, embraces it all with a mind, with a heart imbued with compassion. So, whereas the compassionate heart can accept the presence of bitterness and begin to dissolve it, the bitter heart can't accept the presence of kindness. Because it's limited, shriveled. This feels awkward, doesn't even notice it. So we have to really plant ourselves in that realm, put our feet on the right shore, on the right ground, ground of compassion and uh, great-heartedness, because then we can reach back towards the, the guilt and the regret and the worry and say, okay, you know, I'm going to bring my energy towards you. I'm going to share my energy towards you. I'm not going to blame you or criticize you or hate you or kick you out. I'm going to bathe you with bitter, sad creature. I'm going to bathe you with goodwill. It's all big. Turn it around. Nothing is ever condemned or lost. In the Buddha Dharma, there's no condemnation, there's no damnation. Yeah? And while we have this human realm, we've got this tremendous potential to heal and to transform our negative tendencies. And these are just feeling miserable about oneself, and not necessarily hating other people, they're often hating ourselves, or disliking ourselves, which is the most cruel. Uh, because it, it disables you. If you cut your own legs away, how are you going to walk? <laughs> yeah. So say no matter you know what the things I've done wrong or things are inadequate about me, I'm going to look into. I can express one moment of goodwill or gratitude. Or I can express one even recognition of the Buddha as someone worthy of respect. So at that moment, a little day of a light glows. Just at that moment. Yeah. Yeah. I can offer my respects. Just for that moment, a little day of a light glimmers. There it is, you see. We're not saying the Buddha condemns you to hell for being a bad person. <laughs> so the Buddha's there to say, come on, I can pick you up. Yeah. You want the Buddha to be high. So if you respect it, so, so please lift me up. Remind me. I can avoid harming creatures. Yeah, that's not too difficult. Even that's a little bit of deva light glowing. 
So we reflect on these precepts and virtues and we notice them in ourselves and in others when you get one kind word, one gesture of appreciation Deva-like gloves And a wise person is someone who's not too lost in their duties and doing the next thing and figuring things out not so lost in that they overlook the heart it's present all of us have it no one is deprived of it all of us have it absolutely everyone the important thing is not to bury it bring it forth, and it feels, and it feels. So let's turn towards that quality of heart, and place it in this triple gem, however that triple gem speaks to you, in terms of Sangha, those who have helped and supported you, those who admire respect, those who you see as models of good conduct and good understanding, just bring those to mind. And then, in the moment you bring that to mind, your day the light glows. That's your light. It's not theirs, that's yours. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, breathe into it, breathe into it, sustain it. Eventually, the images of other people disappear, That's, and then what's left is the light. Okay. Images of past and future disappear, images of myself disappear, all that's left is, is the light. Then we can be focused on that quality and steady ourselves in it. Okay, this is the Better way to begin a day than having a cup of coffee and a donut. <laughs> but that will come in due course. So let's take some time for direct practice and uh, you know, take your time finding what suits you, walking, standing, sitting.